What radio, the music you want. With your host, Keys Dan. Hubba hubba. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me, yes, little old me, at your next event. Today on the program, ooh, exciting, local Arkansas Little Rock musician, Danny Rains will be on the program. Danny Rains. I get to go over to his house and hear a little bit more about who he is. And you get to hear it too, right here on the program. This week's shows, if you care to join me, I have two public shows this week. I'll be in Russellville, Arkansas on Thursday evening from 6 until 9 p.m. Where? Oh, at the Old Post Barbecue. That's right. It's the family-friendly karaoke show, (laughs) video dance party, and karaoke jam. Come on out and visit with Ray Black and the whole gang at the Old Post Barbecue. They got great barbecue. Oh, just delicious. So smoky. The flavor is just second to none, really. If you want some good barbecue here in Arkansas, Russellville, to be more precise, head over to the Old Post Barbecue. And why not come out on Thursday night uh, from 6 to 9 for the family-friendly Video dance party, karaoke jam. You're the stars of the show. Oh, and besides uh, great barbecue, they also have frosty beverages for the adults. But I keep it family friendly so you know you could bring everyone. Yes, everyone. Come to the Old Post, 6 to 9 on Thursday nights. And then on Friday, Friday, it's my birthday, Friday. It's my birthday, Friday. Yeah. And I'll be at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, my usual Friday night gig. Yeah, I'll be spending my birthday with, uh, you know, hundreds of my beautiful friends <laughs> and people that come out to the Rab on Friday nights. I like it. It's good. The people come out to play and sing, and they usually really, really are there just to have a great time. They have a full bar. The kitchen is open. They got the pool tournament. Oh, yeah. If you want to make some money on a Friday night, I encourage you. Check it out. Out, try out your hand at pool on Friday nights. And then on the party patio, they got shuffleboard, foosball, darts, giant Jenga game, giant checkers game. Yeah, they got it right there. If you want to have some fun, there's always something to do while you're waiting to sing on stage right next to me. Yeah, little old me right there at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, up on Hippie Hill, in case you don't know where it's at. That's from 8 p.m. until almost 2 in the am. So Thursday night at the Old Post Barbecue, 6 to 9, and Friday night at the Rab, 8 until yeah, past 1.30 in the evening. That's in the morning. So, so there you go. <laughs> past my bedtime at the Rab, Conway, Arkansas. Well, now you know where the parties are, and now it's time to talk to Danny Rains. I get to go visit with Danny Rains down in Little Rock at his house. So, transporting myself down to Little Rock, Arkansas, to visit with Danny Rains now.
like I'm trying to seduce you, I guess. This, okay. is a, this couch is... I'll try to yeah. seduce. I really I'll, want to take a picture. I'll sit like this. <laughs> How you doing, babe? <laughs> Danny Rains! I'm hey. sitting in your house, man. Yeah. He's Dan. What makes you famous? Uh, well, first of all, take me through your house, man. This is nice. This is your place, your pad. T- uh, teach me, uh, take me through all the all the knickknacks you got going on here. Well, um, oh, some of the stuff's mine. Some of it is uh, Casey Sparks, my girlfriend's stuff, and she did a lot of the decorating. But uh, kind of like uh, old style, kind of vintage stuff. Got a swag lamp and uh, actually a. I think that's about a 1905 phonograph. Yeah, Victrola. Uh, yeah. My mom's got a uh, 278s, I think, with a, one of those stand-up Victrolas. Mm-hmm. And you know my brother and I were wanting to touch it. Oh, we got to touch it. We want to touch it. And I think we ended up breaking it. Oh. Yeah. But it, it wound for our whole life. I mean, at least till we were teenagers. Yeah. So nice Victrola, man. Yeah, this I've only cool. had that about a year. Uh, my dad got it in an estate sale for probably next to nothing because that's what he does. And it was just parts, and it was all dirty. And I was like, "Do you mind if I try to fix that up?" And I got it running, and that was just this year. So, wait, you're mechanical too? No, actually, I'm not. Only when I have to be, and I, I really wanted to get that running because I'm fascinated with records. I used to take my toys apart and didn't never been able to put them back together. Yeah, I took them apart. Yeah. I did. yeah oh yeah, come apart real easy. <laughs> but ah, oh, you put together a, a Victrola, man. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. The place smells good. You know there's a woman's touch in here. Right. The aforementioned Casey Sparks, I suppose. That's that's correct. Yes, yes. You mentioned she's your girlfriend. That's nice. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. I, I don't I don't know where the relationship was a, a year ago when I talked to Casey Sparks. Uh, you know, it seemed like she was kind of out there. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. She's still out there, but uh, <laughs> that's where the relationship is. I like that. Creatives. The creatives. So, all right, this this room is nice. It's warm, and there's uh, uh, some animals uh, over there in that on that side of the. Yeah, room. those those are my guinea pigs. That's uh, Kathy and Dot. And, and is guinea pig something you've had your whole life? No, it's not actually. I uh, I made a friend maybe two years ago, and she had a couple guinea pigs. And I don't really hang out with her anymore. But uh, when we stopped hanging out, I was like, I got to get some guinea pigs because I liked her so much. She used to bring them over and stuff. Uh, so I got my own. Yeah. Where, where did you grow up? Uh, till I was 13, I grew up in southern Florida, uh, south of Miami, actually. Born and raised in Miami, baby. Keys, you Dan. Florida oh, Keys. Are you serious? Now you know. Homestead. Yeah. Homestead. I lived in Homestead for a little while. Florida City, mostly, uh, was the, uh, uh near Bob's, uh, was it the, uh, the Bob, Bob's Fruit Stand. I, I lived there. there. That's that's in Florida City. Yeah, that's a big one. And then I worked at uh, a, one time at Homestead Miami Speedway. And oh, wow. and uh, when, when were you there? Uh, well, I was born in '77, and I was there till I was 13. So I guess I left around '89, '90, some somewhere in there. No kidding, man. '88, yeah. '89. That's about when I moved from Fort Lauderdale to the Florida Keys. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Miami. Right, uh, went to high school in Fort Lauderdale. Went to the Florida Keys and stayed in that area. Wow. So we chewed a lot of the same dirt, man. How was Crazy. it growing up for you in well, the Homestead area? Uh, I, I guess it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I had good friends in my neighborhood, and uh, 
uh, I had other friends that were musicians and stuff. We were, of course, just starting out back then. Mm-hmm. But my school was a little bigger there than it was when we mo- moved up to Arkansas. So they had things like uh, guitar classes, and uh, it was a good time. You know, and it was a, the era was the hair bands and all that kind of stuff. And I'm a, sh- a little ashamed to say that I was uh, kind of partook in that a little bit. But uh, I was young. Why? Why ashamed? Well, I'm ashamed of some of them. Uh, <laughs> some of them are okay still. I yeah. Think. Some of them had some staying power. But. Oh, I get to DJ on the weekends, and sometimes I pull out my hairbands file, right on, right and on. the kids love it. Not the kids. Uh, mostly they're they're my age, you know, in in the 40 to 50 area uh, where I DJ on, on Friday nights. And, and I pull out those hairbands, and they just remember the glory days sitting yeah. back in the school bus. I mean, I still enjoy it sometimes, but there's something about it. You're singing along with, like, Axel or something, and you look over and see somebody that's just watching you, and there's just a little bit of shame that sets in. Oh, no shame in your game, man. (laughs) Don't do it. So, born in 77, Homestead, Florida. Uh, I mean, you know, I I guess I like and I'm going to project my my own journey because I went from the ocean blue Mm -hmm. in Florida to the green of Arkansas. Was that an immediate jump from there to here? What brought you here? What brought you and your your family here? Well, my uh, dad is originally from Arkansas. And he left Arkansas when he was in, got out of college. Well, he actually went on to be a dentist. But when he got out of dental school, he was tired of the cold. He's not into the cold. And uh, he had been going to school up in Wichita and some other places. I don't know. He moved around. But it was up north, and it was cold, and he said, well, what's the warmest place place I could go? And he went down to Miami, Florida. That's where he met my mom. But he had uh. always wanted to move back to Arkansas. So my whole childhood growing up, we would visit Arkansas, and they would talk like we were going to move to Arkansas someday. Right. I didn't think it would ever really happen, to be honest. But uh, when I was 13, for some reason, they decided that was go time. Which was an interesting age to move from a bigger area to what uh, the town I moved to was about fifteen hundred people. What was it? Green Forest, Arkansas. Green Forest, Arkansas. Yeah. That sounds teeny tiny. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mom and dad still around? Yes, and together. And together. That is yeah. sweet, man. That's yeah. that's telling of your childhood to have parents that have stuck together and and mm-hmm. you know through thick and through thin. Uh, so mom's from South Florida. What did she do? What did she do for what did, work? Yeah, what did or, she do for work? How was it growing up with mom? Uh, well, it was good. Um, what did she learn from her? She herself is a musician. Uh, hmm. She's a soprano. She can sing some really high notes. Uh, and also a piano player. Uh, but as far as work goes, uh, she didn't get as much education as my dad did. She mostly she worked most of her life, but she did things like worked at the phone company. She was an operator for a long time down in Florida, uh, and then she worked uh, when we moved up here. She worked for quite a while on the Branson Bell, which is one of those uh, kind of music on the lake steamboat. Uh, oriented shows in Branson, kind of, and she was like a, a waitress, and she did a little singing as part of the waitressing. I don't know. She's done various things, but no, uh, but musical. That's yeah. cool. And you say education. That's very subjective, man. Uh, education True. can be in school to become a dentist, mm-hmm. or it can be uh, on the streets and 
you know, be a busker, be a be a musician, a working musician. Uh, you know, making some money that way and mm-hmm. and learning your way through. So, man, see, musicianship's in your blood. You, you've had this from an early age, and, and I'm guessing she taught you piano, or she. Well, you know, no, I ne- I never really. I, t- I took a little piano when I was in mm-hmm. college because I was originally a music major, but only for a year. <laughs> uh, I decided I wasn't going to be a jazz guitar teacher. I could play music and do something else. But uh, I is t- that the end I, of your college career? No, no, no. no. I, I I went through, but I I studied something else: geology. Geology. Mm-hmm. Wow, go into that, man. Tell me about geology and where that took you and then we'll we'll veer back into the in your life here uh well the geology thing uh you know i like i said i was going to school for music and i got kind of disenchanted with that whole idea because i saw the musicians that were playing for money uh up in fayetteville that's where i went to school U, u of a fayetteville and the guys down on dixon street didn't have a music degree and then the guys that i knew that had music degrees were teaching guitar lessons or something in that academic realm that I really wasn't even interested in. So as much as I loved music still and was interested in pursuing it with seriousness, I didn't want to do it as my career in that sense. So I decided to drop out for about a year and then I went back and still didn't know what I wanted to do, which is kind of the story of my life. (laughs) But uh, I uh, just happened upon geology, which is not something that I grew up knowing about or being around a lot of geologists you assume well their dad was a geologist or they grew up in the you know like the oil fields of texas or something shells on the beach in south florida i mean i picked them up but i I wouldn't say that i did it with any sort of scientific seriousness (laughs) i did it like a kid but uh but it was a different world for me and uh somehow i ended up going into geology and uh, it's actually been great because I think if I would have just done music my whole life, I'd be sort of one of those ivory tower guys that didn't know anything but the one thing he'd always been interested in. And it made me a much uh, rounded person and gave me a, a lot of perspective on life. Geology in general gives you perspective because the earth is so old and uh, the spans of time you talk about in geology really put your own problems into perspective and... Uh, I'm I'm glad I ended up doing that. Yeah. Did you do any work as a geologist? I do it right now, yeah. What? I work for the uh, Arkansas Geological Survey here in Little Rock. That is cool as can be. We're here in the, in Arkansas, the, the natural state, mm-hmm. and there are so... Man, I've heard there's geology here. There is minerals and, and things that... Tell me... Expand, man. Tell me about the minerals and, and what's geological uh, geologically cool in Arkansas. Well, uh, actually, being here in central Arkansas, which is where Little Rock is located, you're right at the convergence of four physiographic provinces, which is a big word. It just means like four different terrains that come together that are wildly different in their characteristics. Um, which is a good reason why they probably decided to locate the only state survey office here. But uh, if you go north, you've got basically flat sedimentary rock. If you go south, you're in the Washita Mountains, well, south and west. If you go off just barely a little ways to the east, you're off in the Mississippi Valley, which is just a big flat river valley full of soft sediment with no rock in it, which coincidentally... uh, that's why they call this Little Rock is because when explorers came up the Mississippi River, 
uh, all the way from basically the Gulf of Mexico. They didn't see a rock until they hit Little Rock. That was the first actual rock exposure they saw in all that trek. Anyway. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. See, you're teaching this old dog new stuff. And my listeners, too, man. Why, yeah. why is Little Rock named Little Rock? Now you know. Thank you, Danny Rains. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, it's an interesting uh, place to be located as far as there's diverse geology and uh, a lot to learn and study around here. So, day-to-day, what do you do with the Geological Society? What is what Survey. Is it? Survey. It's the Arkansas Geological Survey. Yeah. And, uh well, right now I've been uh, working very intensely on a mapping project, which is basically uh, mapping the rock, the bedrock, and the landslides uh, in the watershed of Lake Fort Smith, which is uh, a sensitive area because it's used for their drinking water. It has uh, been a problem uh, as well, of late? Any any sort of reservoir like that that has a, a, a sensitive use, they want to understand how sediment gets in the water and how to mitigate it or how to plan around having less of it in the future or, or is, just understand how it works. Is know? it naturally so, filtered or, or is it you have to have it, uh, a filtration system? Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they fil- filter it before they send it into your tap. But uh, anyway, that that's kind of... It wasn't even my project, but I got kind of brought on board with it and I've been doing a lot of that for about the last two months. Ah, it's fascinating to me, man, because I, I just heard that New York, upstate New York, doesn't filter their water because it's naturally filtered through the ground. Oh, really? Something something along those lines. These are fuzzy facts, so yeah. if you want to fact check me, please do, my happy listeners. But uh, this is something I, I also heard on another podcast where, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the natural filtration that's a, it's amazing to me, man. Mother Nature's got us covered, Bo. <laughs> yeah. And you are studying that. That that became your field of expertise, man. And, That's part and, of it. And it was yeah. it was just a, an off chance. You said, really? you, you, yeah, would you really just was. go down a line of things to study in, I was in taking college? A, I was taking an intro to geology course. Yes. And I had a friend in there, uh, and he was gonna, thinking about changing his major. To geology from engineering and I was doing really well in the class and I seemed to be pretty good at it and I was at a point where I was like I need to pick something and do it so I decided I'd switch courses and do that yeah that teacher and that that friend changed the course of your life man that's, that's cool so now you, you got a, a bread and butter day job uh, a lot of musicians need that i know i have a day job man it, you know it, it, people need that insurance job you have an insurance job now you can pursue your your loves your your passions and that's something that you do and yes. you've done that from an early age. What was the first thing that you started playing when you were a kid? And was it in Homestead or when you came to Arkansas? Well, as far as instruments, uh, I'm, the first thing, first real instrument I played was the guitar and still my primary instrument. Yes. I, what kind of a guitar were you playing? Uh, well, my brother, who's an older brother of three years, he started taking uh, courses in our junior high the local junior high there this is and arkansas then already no 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 no, oh. no this is down in florida they didn't have that up what in, year was in this 1500 
people down. <laughs> but this was, uh, oh, I'd say about probably 86 or 7. Is when 86. Was. I'm 86 <coughs> or 7. 86, I graduated high school. So maybe about 10 years older than you. Right on. Well, something. you look very young, actually. Hey, when? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, anyway, so I tried to get him. I, he was doing that, and then my dad was also, he, he got interested in it for some reason. And he never pursued it that much thereafter, but uh, he ended up getting a guitar, and he was sort of learning how to play. And I tried to get my brother to teach me, and being, you know, the older brother, he just blew me off, basically. Uh, So I kind of got out some books and magazines and sort of taught myself how to read tablature, uh, which is kind of the cheat sheet way of reading music did you have your own guitar or did you pick up his no i was using either his or my dad's okay was dad playing guitar too yeah he was playing a little bit yeah yeah dad's a dentist guitarist well i I wouldn't call him a guitarist now uh he loves guitar but uh he hasn't really kept with it he's more of a collector and uh fan but he played a little bit back then he did at that time they were both playing and you know I, i wanted to be in on the action so mom and dad were were able to give you a little little push into your into what you like to do yeah and yeah. your brother for that matter yeah he's and still around yeah yeah my brother what's, is, what's the bro doing well he's still a really good guitarist actually but what? but he's a also a medical doctor and come a on a couple of boys and a wife and he lives in uh, north carolina that's yeah i have an older uh, well i have a younger brother that lives in north carolina four kids wife and four kids man so so i guess that's what you do in north carolina Mm -hmm. you know you move the family there from south florida yeah (laughs) you know i guess so this kind of there's a lot of parallels yes yes my my younger brother so yeah and uh so he became a medical doctor day job and Mm -hmm. he still likes to play guitar at night does he play professionally at all no he's never really been in bands but uh, he's good enough to do it but he's just never i don't know for some reason that uh, aspect of the music world we were getting involved in he didn't go into it as much as i did but uh i worked he, down at baptist hospital in miami and they uh, there was a a, a quartet of a, a group of doctors i, I think they called themselves pulse or something like that mm-hmm. and they played around town when in their off time wow. so yeah man you know uh, explore that other half of your brain if it is indeed another half of your brain man you get to you know do the doctoring thing save lives hey that's noble and then you go uh, play some music with the people they need to be entertained but you're doing it you're ge- a geologist mm. fantastic is it geologist is that yeah, the title that's the that's the title that's and it. geologist and then by day and then at night you go and entertain the people, but I'm I'm going a little bit ahead of myself, Danny Rains. Uh, so first guitar, you pick it up, you teach yourself how to play. Well, I taught myself wrong actually. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I read the explanation of how to read the tablature, but I had it sort of reversed, so I was playing everything upside down on the neck of the guitar. <laughs> I guess after I, my brother heard me doing that, it was probably annoying enough that he said, all right, I'll show you how to play a couple things. <laughs> so get me to stop doing that. What were the couple things he taught you, taught you how to play? I think the first thing I ever learned was uh, the melody to Stand By Me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's sweet. And then, Most people that smoke on the water. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people smoke on the water. And they're actually, I mean, they're probably comparably hard to play. But uh, And I also learned Iron Man pretty early on but it's a little fuzzy around that time as to what exactly came first but. this acoustic guitar 
Uh, yeah, there was acoustic at that time, and then shortly after, I got an electric when I started progressing as a musician. Well, what kind of acoustic, and then what was the first electric? Well, I only played other people's acoustics at right. that point. Uh, the first electric electric was a Kramer. I don't know the model, but yeah. it was like a red Kramer with one pickup and... You know, one of those amp. box sets you grab over at the guitar store? It would have been now. I don't know if they even had those as much yeah. at that time, but uh, you know, it was a you know not a very expensive guitar, but it worked. It did what I needed it to do for a while, and eventually I moved on to something else. But oh yeah, yeah. well, take me through the years, man. You playing Danny Rains? Well, music uh, time. I actually played the same guitar. Uh, the next one I got, which I got when I was. Probably right before I moved up to Arkansas, I played that thing till I was almost 30 years old, honestly. Yeah. And it's not that it was really that great of a guitar, but I'm not really a gearhead kind right. of guy. I'm not gear-oriented. So if I know how to use a piece of equipment and it's functioning for me, I don't, I don't really even think about getting you know, the fancy gear or whatever. I just keep using it, and eventually I moved on, and now I've got something that's quite a bit nicer, a Telecaster, American Standard Telecaster. Oh, he's not bragging, kids. He's bragging <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but it's worth it. No, I know a cat down in, uh, that works at Palmer, yep. uh, Ryan Hinman. He uh, takes these $100 guitars and throws a you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of, worth of stuff into them and makes them into, you know, much more expensive sounding guitars yeah uh, you know so gearhead or, or no gearhead you can make a hundred dollar guitar sound pretty good you know you can and that's what you do so do you still have that first guitar i kramer? do it, no not the kramer actually okay. i guess i think of that that second one that i played for so long i feel like it's my first one because ah. i had it so long and from such a young age what happened to the kramer the Kramer, I guess we must have traded it in on the PV, which is the second one. PV. I didn't even know they made guitars. Oh yeah, they made they made uh, guitar. They made everything basically music wise. But wow, I mean, you hear PV speakers and amps and stuff like that. I never heard of PV guitars. Yeah, they were never. I mean, they were always sort of one of those middle of the road brands, I guess you could say. They had some higher end uh, stuff that was pretty good, but. They never had the sort of glamour and the uh, endorsements of the celebrities and stuff. But <laughs> no, no big names playing PV. Oh, there probably was one, two, something like that. But and you don't know them. Yeah, I mean, you being a PV aficionado, well, I could be making that up. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to plug my old guitar. I want to throw right. it under the bus. That's right. All right. This portion of the podcast brought to you by PV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I could be that guy. He, he is that guy. You know, Danny Rains for PV. I just have to become famous. Go ahead, say it. Danny Rains for PV. Uh, Danny Rains for PV. It feels Perfect. good, actually. It feels Perfect. right. Perfect, man. I can see you in a magazine. Although there's no magazines anymore. Print is dead. Hey, I said that. I did. I said it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. Going through the years, man. You got your, your, your PV guitar. Where is that taking you? Well, it, uh, it took me through... Uh, uh, band I had and after I got out of uh, my undergrad before I went to my graduate schooling I took a few years off and played in a band in Fayetteville called Artificial Sun and uh, cool what we, kind of band was that well we did a lot of original stuff Ooh, uh, really but we did uh, cover tunes too 50 50 uh, yeah I would say that's about wow who's writing the songs uh, I was writing the songs primarily come we on did. when did you start writing songs Oh, I started that. I was still in Florida the, when I first started that, probably. So maybe 12, I guess. Well, what does it entail writing a song as a 12-year-old? 
well, they're pretty goofy, but uh, you know, they've, yeah. got, they've got their moments. If you, I'll find one once in a while, just in my old papers and stuff, and be like, well, it's some kind of cute things in there or whatever. Yeah, whip them out, put them on stage, man. <laughs> Take them out there to the open mic, see what happens. I don't know if I'm that confident in them. <laughs> what, what, all right, what was the subject matter in the songs? Oh, it was things old. like uh, wanting to be a rock star, wanting to tour the world, and you know, things that were sort of sounds like Nickelback, man. Yeah, that, they, well, they, that, right. they've done pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they did more with it than I did, actually. <laughs> Never made it as a rock star. <laughs> All right. I should have stuck with those themes. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's the original 12-year-old writing you. And, I mean, what compelled you to write? Were you wanting to be a poet? Uh, or was it specifically songwriting? Yeah, it was specifically songwriting. I did kind of dabble in poetry later, but it was because I had started in the songwriting and then got interested in just words. Um, but... I don't know, but I sure did get interested fast when I... I don't remember exactly why I decided to try to write my own songs at first. But once I did, it, I just stuck with that, and that was a focus for me for, you know, to this day still. How many poems do you have? Poems? And where can we read those poems? <laughs> well, I'm not really... A, I don't really pursue uh, trying to publish my poetry i did a little bit for a minute and uh, i got a few rejections and then i just realized ah, what am i doing this for i i just like to do it you know I, uh, so i don't really uh, work towards publishing it oh don't keep it all to yourself man you can independent <laughs> publish now uh, I, I'm throw gonna, it out there i'm gonna be honest i mean i wrote most of the poetry in my early 20s and and it's not really that good anyway but uh but I did that for a while. And, okay. Uh, so what's the difference between writing poetry and writing songs? Is it specific? You'll go, hey, I, I hear a melody in my head? Or, mm-hmm. yeah, what is the... the all right. Uh, well, uh, standard interview question in three, two, one. What is your writing process? <laughs> well, actually, I think it varies quite a bit. Um, but I would say uh, one thing I can say for sure is I typically come up with some some part of the music first. Okay rather than the lyric. So you hear it in your head, or do you play it on your guitar? Sometimes I hear it in my head. Sometimes I'm fumbling around on the guitar. I might be trying to play something else or trying to figure out how to play something else. Or I might be in the shower and, you know, a roommate was playing something loud on the stereo and I was hearing it wrong through the walls and the, and the water. And There's various ways, but somehow I start with some sort of a melody and then that will uh, lead to the words and the singing and all that sort of stuff yeah just sort of build on it i would say it's it's not as much of a a sudden moment of inspiration where you see the whole thing in front of you maybe that comes towards the very end but uh, there's a lot of trial and error and development throughout the process okay so what was the first song that you came up with that you're you're pretty proud of this one How, how old do you think you were when when you wrote that one and, and it was all the way through and and maybe you played it for somebody well i would say probably something that i would still play for somebody potentially i would say uh, when i was about 19 i think i, I recorded uh, i got a little four track tape recorder and recorded like 10 songs that i had been writing right around that time and uh, some of those i still I still kind of enjoy listening to and will show to people sometimes. So I guess it took me from whenever I started, maybe 12 to 19, to write anything that I think was, in retrospect, worthwhile or 
Not worthwhile. That's the wrong word. Yeah. It was all a learning experience. Between but, 12 and 19, any other interest uh, areas of expertise? Uh, sports? Cheerleading? Nuts. <laughs> drama club? I was interested in cheerleaders, but not the cheerleading. As okay, much. okay. Not that they were interested in me. I mean, I was a pretty quiet, kind of shy kid, but uh, no, no sports at all, actually. Uh, uh, not really part of my family's tradition, watching sports or anything, and I just never really understood the appeal, but uh, got a lot of friends that are really into it, and I'm into things like cheese dip, so I'll go to some of those sports parties sometimes. I, I just found out that Arkansas invented cheese dip? Yeah, well, Little Rock is supposedly... What? The, well, there's a little place that's actually on Markham Street. You came probably came in on Markham Street. Yeah. Right down the road there in front of Michael's, you know, Michael's yeah. uh, whatever craft store. They uh, have a little, it's like a fast food place called Mexican Chiquito, and it's supposed oh, yeah. to be the birthplace of cheese dip. Put that on the walking tour for yeah. the What Makes You Famous podcast. <laughs> Mexican Chiquita in Little Rock. That's they a great got idea. cheese dip, baby. I'll travel half an hour from Conway just to get their cheese dip from time to time. I might pick some up on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, so... So, uh, what what does you what does a young Danny Rains and his group of Stand By Me friends uh, do? How how many buddies did you have, and and what did you like to do growing up? Oh, we did a lot of uh, riding our bikes around the neighborhood. Is what I would say, uh, and you know, just we weren't bad. Like we didn't get into any serious trouble, but we were always pushing the envelope and what we could get away with. Just little stuff, skipping school and stuff like that, and. We Wasn't run. it lame when you skipped school and then you got home and you went, why did I skip school? This is terrible. I'm sitting here, you know, hiding out from my mom and dad. What, what, you skipped school. Then what did you do? Well, we actually, we had a pretty epic uh, school skipping day when, uh, when I was, I don't remember. It was probably, probably around, everything seems like it's around 12 years old. We'll just say from now on, everything happened when I was 12 years old. Tell me about it, Ferris. <laughs> but, uh we we left school like second period this is junior high and we walked down the road and and actually went into my friend who wasn't even with us into his property his his mom was home but they had a little uh, guest house behind their house we knew about and we broke into that not not like broke in but i think it was unlocked uh-huh. it wasn't one anything valuable in it and we played Statue in there limitations over danny range yeah, yeah. About it. okay yeah <laughs> Uh, but we played in there and goofed off, and then we walked up the road to this little corner store we always rode our bikes to and got lunch. But somehow, one of my friend's sisters saw us leaving. His little sister saw us leaving. It's like a, it's like an 80s movie, like the plot of one. Ferris Bueller, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking about. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and she went and called his parents, and so uh, we eventually got caught, like, right at the end of the day when we were walking back to school to make our appearance and... and seem seemingly be coming out of school my uh, dad was driving around looking for us and we got caught but that was a pretty memorable uh, school skipping experience we didn't do a lot of skipping but we did it right i guess man. hey that was the one man yeah. see all right so you did have a group of friends that you could do stuff with and yeah. kids today these kids today yes i'm getting old right now they don't go out and ride their bikes anymore i'm trying to get my 14 year old to get out Go ride your bike. Quit playing on your Nintendo Switch or whatever. And she won't do it, man. I, I think I got her to go s- sit on the swing set one time. <laughs> Come on, kid. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing how one generation 
uh, has has done that. In my generation, your generation, you're out on your bikes all day long till the streetlights come on. Yeah. And then next generation, we're overprotective. And it's safer now than it was back then. Oh, for if sure. It, you know, uh, it, subjectively, you know, it, it is safer now. Oh, well. Uh, rant over, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think it's interesting because the, the young people now are, they have these cell phones, which are such powerful tools that can do such amazing things. I mean, you could do amazing. You can make a movie. Yeah. That people would watch. Yeah. With a cell phone that an 11-year-old is walking around with. And I guess the things that we did as kids, we had to go out and find find our our interests elsewhere. And they've got them all in the palm of their hand. How that will pan out for them later in life, if they'll be happy with the, that road that they're going down. I don't know, but maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's just interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I spent my early days in Miami, Miami, Florida. Ooh, it's so dangerous down there. I was riding my bike, my bike miles to the uh, the movie theater to go watch kung fu movies all day long, and then come on back home. Me and my group of standby me friends, you know, oh, and yeah. then later it was ATCs and out all day back home. Hey, you know, it just ah. Ah, oh, I can't get my kid to get out. Get out of the house. I'm jealous because I didn't have an ATC. But uh, Oh, yeah, I had that three-wheeler. Yeah, I'm bragging. Oh, yeah. I had the, the 185S back in 83. It was the first one that had shocks in the front. So all my friends were saying, ooh, I, man, it's so smooth. Can I borrow yours? Yeah, I'll borrow your YZ80. I borrowed their motorcycle and went back and forth. So, yeah, riding bikes, man, and having fun with friends, that's where it's at. Get outside. Go do some stuff. That, that that makes you a, a, a more of a person, man. It rounds you out. You were saying you had to take geology so you could learn more experience and then become a better songwriter even, have some life experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do, man. So, yeah, you get 19 years old. You got that first song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did your parents think about you pursuing your songwriting career? I mean, did, did they say, hey, get a real job and then you can do that or... Yes, yeah, sort of, but I'll have to uh, admit that I was not a good student in school, uh, you know, going to high school and stuff. I just, you know, barely passed along, and so I don't blame them for, for that. But they uh, also, they supported me in the sense, like, my dad took me to guitar lessons and, and bought me guitars for Christmas and things like wow. that. So, uh, I mean, they were supportive of that uh, and probably hoped that I would eventually which i did you know become interested in other things and things that could support me as an adult and you did you yeah. got a nice house here in little rock arkansas this is sweet yeah you know good good digs and so how how the uh, how the relationships growing up there uh, you know a 19 year old man um uh, any girlfriends or i mean did you uh well, like I, I said, I was a kind of shy and a late shy bloomer, guy. so, uh, you know, uh, that was probably around the time that I first started dating anybody. Wow, really, okay. to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean uh, how, how did that pan out, and, and where did you where did you go from there? Well, I mean, Casey is probably where I am right now, so. Well, uh, this is jumping way forward, so, all right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what exactly you mean by how did that pan out. I mean, I, you I know, it, it, uh, I, I, I've stuck with I've stuck with dating girls, so I guess well, okay. I, I guess I liked it. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. I mean, just uh, so mostly you you're mostly a shy person, but you play music. So yeah. from ni- okay, let's go back to nineteen. You got that first song. Where did mm-hmm. it go? Well, uh, uh, 
I probably didn't really market myself at that time, but I'm, it was mostly something that I handed out to friends and stuff, and I was excited that just, you know, I had a few people among my circle of friends that I respected that uh, that really liked it and thought it was great stuff. But Oh, so you recorded it and oh, you yeah, yeah. passed it out, put it on CD or tape? or It was a tape at that time. Yeah. yeah. All it was, right. It was a four-track four track tape recorder and then recorded onto a tape. How many do you think you passed out? Oh, back then, maybe 12, 15, I don't know. They yeah, had that, that group of friends. They yeah. knew who Danny Rains was. Hey, have you heard Danny Rains' new track? <laughs> <laughs> Check this out. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, the, all right. And where did you go from there, music-wise? 19, you're you're in Arkansas. Uh, Woopig Suey uh, up there at the uh, Fayetteville. Well, I... Uh you know, I went. To, I went to college. This was around the time I was in college. And you had the music. band, right? Well, that was before the band. But, okay. Uh, I was uh, studying jazz guitar at that time, and I was pretty pretty interested in it. I don't do it as much as I I did back then, but uh, it certainly taught me a lot, and I've I've retained a lot of the chops that I got from that time and knowledge and stuff. So it's been. It was a good experience. Uh, I was interested in that, and I was also interested in kind of. I went went a little bit away from the rock stuff and was into more of a, a folk kind of old time music like country blues, scratchy old blues records and stuff, for quite a while. And I was uh, trying to write some of that stuff or just incorporate that sound into what I was doing. Um, but I just did a lot of writing really throughout my twenties. I would go through periods where it would ebb and flow, but. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I'd write 10 songs in one season, and then sometimes I wouldn't write anything for a couple years. So So where do you feel you are genre-wise to put you in some kind of a box, or do you you flow through different types of music when you write? Uh, I do flow through different types of music, uh, and I always have. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's drawbacks to that, and there's, you know, pros to it also. But... uh, as I've gotten older, in the I've made several albums by now. Um, Whoa! I mean, none of them are on the Billboard 100. Uh, maybe they will be now. We need, we need to find out where to, where to find uh, Danny Rain's music. And what was that first one? The first album? What what would you call that? Well, that was the tape, the ten song tape. Ten I, song. I didn't tape. have a name for it. I think I just I call it Danny Rain's probably. That's your title uh, album, man. I mean, this a couple of things that I did. Uh, I mentioned that band in Fayetteville. This was actually right before I found the guys that I ended up playing with in the band, and I just recorded this myself at home. You're holding up some actual CDs with your music on it. Yeah, I forgot we're on we're on a uh, talk radio here. Uh, yeah, so and the, this is a very old one. The first one I'm holding here. That's the Artificial Sun album from. Oh, I was probably. 23 or 4 when I did that. What year was that? You born in 77. I got to do math now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. 2000 maybe? Early 2000s. Early yeah. 2000s. And, and and read the track list on that. that is that available anywhere? Uh, just right here in the living room. <laughs> wow, man. Put it out there. Spotify. Yeah. iTunes. It. Well, I do actually have some stuff online. Uh, it's sort of a, a eclectic mix of stuff. Older and newer. Probably more newer. But... Uh, uh, I don't really have anything for sale right now. I have in the past had some stuff, and I'm about to finish what I think is probably the best thing I've ever done, which is a new album I'm, I've been putting the f- final icing on. 
and uh, I'm pretty excited about. And I'll probably uh, get that uh, into the right format and shape with the whatever you know where i can sell it online and absolutely stuff. man yeah. danny rains and then once they find that album they're going to want to find out hey where did he where did he start what what's what's more of his early stuff and you have it right in your hands man <laughs> put it out there what's the track list on that one danny rains uh which the one first album one the first album let's see what we got here we got uh willowy woman which is probably still one of the ones that i go back to uh, and still show people from that era you're still playing that I don't play it anymore as much, but uh, I play it for people, and people people like it. You've you've played it on the radio. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> uh, so White September. I haven't thought about that in ten years, probably. Uh, wandering around, shiver in the dark, slipping down. Uh, what, what kind of songs are these? Uh, they're all sort of in a folk rock genre with a bit of alternative to it. I guess you could say. How many people in the band? what kind of instruments this one just me just you eventually i put an actual band together and there was a it was a four-piece band but this uh, this was sort of when i was thinking about putting a band together and i was just i was inspired to write a lot yeah. and that's sort of what made me want to put a band together and uh Were i was recording this stuff at home yeah I, well i uh I, i'm sorry it's not just me now that i think about it okay. i forgot uh my best friend since junior high and we're talking in arkansas not in florida uh curtis van sant off and on we played music together and been friends since eighth grade and shout out he yeah he came and uh performed the drum tracks yeah and i laid everything over the top of that with your little four track well, at that point, I had an 8-track. Yeah, he's got I'd, an 8-track. He stepped up. I'd gone from uh, <laughs> magnetic tape to, to uh, I think it was an ADAT or something like that. Digital, it? man. That's cool. Yeah, What's yeah. an ADAT? ADAT. It's some. It's a, a obsolete format that I still have a bunch of clunky old discs of it, but I don't have any way to play them anymore. Oh, I'm sure it's still got its advantages. Yeah. I remember when mini-disc was going to be the, the wave of the future. I think uh, Stallone had his movie... The professional. I, I, I went back to broadcasting school in the early 2000s, and they had mini discs. And they said, "Oh, this is it. This is going to be it." Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. How much music could they get on one of those? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. Maybe 60 minutes. You know, about comparable to a CD, 70 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, and I know Stallone had that whole movie where he was listening to Sharon Stone on his mini-disc, his Sony mini-disc. And, uh, <laughs> they were really pushing it. <laughs> oh, they were pushing it hard, man, but that didn't, it didn't pan out. So you still have some music uh, left over and in some formats that you can't even play anymore. That's Yes, that's true. Ah, you need to re- relay those tracks, man. Uh, update the, those versions. Get them out there. Maybe a couple of them. Please, please do. Worth doing. The, the people are thirsty for some Danny Rain's music, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the new album coming out, or we—I've got a squirrel in my pocket. Now I've yes. got a new album coming out. Although I have a lot of friends that are playing on it. Yeah, Casey, for instance, who's an amazing singer and uh, can improvise harmony vocals like nobody I know. Uh, does several backing vocal tracks on on this album. Um, anyway. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm pretty excited about so it. So you say you had four albums. You got two of them in your hands. Uh, that yeah. number one is just uh, it's a regular CD, no no real cover. But right. you did burn. Oh, you did have uh, the tracks laid in to the laser. Was yeah. I mean to the disc? 
Did you do that yourself, or was that something you had to no, send out? No, I sent off for it. Yeah. Uh, I've always sent off for that sort of thing. I never. I have recording equipment, but I don't have mass production equipment. Right, and, and then the second album is in your hands as well? Yeah, this one was uh, after I moved down to Little Rock. This was in 2012, so I had had a, a period probably of five or six years without recording anything. You were just digging in the dirt, man. Yeah, I was going to school and doing other things and developing other aspects of my life. And uh, then I, I, they came back and I got really inspired and wrote this album in, I don't know, probably a year and a half and recorded it in about another year at home again. Uh, and that same drummer uh, is playing on some of these tracks. And then there's some of them that I learned to program digital drum tracks which they're pretty sophisticated with that stuff now you can make tracks that sound like a real drummer i've fooled a lot of real drummers with my tracks yeah of course what I, inspired you to move from from north little rock northwest little rock to i mean northwest arkansas, arkansas. to little rock uh i got the job at the arkansas geological survey so and what year was that, that? Uh, I've been working there for 10 years now. So. 10 years. He's got staying power. Yeah. That's a good dude right 2009 there. 2009 or 10, somewhere around there. And what inspired you to get back in the music? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's an abiding interest. Uh, it just, it never quite leaves me. Sometimes I think it's gone, and it'll come back around. And uh, and you had that, your PV guitar up there and just brought it with you? And I think I had moved on by then. I do have the PV still, but I wasn't playing it at that point. I think when I was in that band in Fayetteville, I, that's when I upgraded to... Uh, I went through several guitars. Then I moved to Little Rock, which, if you don't know that much about Arkansas, uh, the geography and, and whatnot, there's uh, very little crime in northwest Arkansas, but there's quite a bit of crime, especially pop, property crime in uh-huh. central Arkansas. So as soon as I moved here, my guitar got stolen. Perfect. And I think that was when I got the Telecaster. Welcome to Little Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry to hear about the guitar getting stolen. Hey, it has to happen, I guess. But you got the yeah. Telecaster. Okay. And what is, uh, what's the advantage of having a, a Telecaster? What? What's the difference in the feel between the PV and the Telecaster? Well, the PV is one of those uh, kind of, like, you remember the, the the real hot shot kind of guitarists in the late 80s, all the finger tapping and the whammy bars and the dive bombing tremolos and all that stuff. It's oh, yeah, it, Eddie Van Halen with his tapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's set up for that. It's got like the double locking tremolo and all that stuff. It's not like a really fancy one, but it did all that. And this, the Telecasters are really straightforward, just a chunk of wood that's built really solid and stays in tune and has a great sound. Uh, so I'm I couldn't be happier that I upgraded to that. But, Very cool. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you got back here in 2009, and when did you? pick up music again well what inspired this, you this i was finished in 2012 so i guess almost immediately when i moved back here did uh, you go to a show and say yeah i used to do that you know i don't remember exactly what made me decide to do that but you know it's probably just you have experiences in your life and moving to a brand new town where you barely know anyone and starting a new job it's a new chapter in your life and uh sometimes you get inspired by those kind of things you don't even realize it's happening but you did danny range you got inspired and you made an album in three years 2012 Mm -hmm. and what are the tracks on that and what's the difference between that one 
and your first album uh you you were primarily a soloist on the first album couple couple helpers here and there right. your best friend drummer and then the second album was it more, still a solo effort with a few friends here and there primarily this was i i eventually did uh get a band together that played some of this stuff out live around central arkansas oh. um but at that time when i was recording this i was mostly doing it myself yeah. uh, other than my drummer friend that i already mentioned uh i mean it's got 14 tracks on it uh I guess the names don't, wouldn't mean that much to you. But, but yeah, uh, what what kinds of music is still in the in the folk genre? Uh, it's in, in that with area? the alternative, definitely with a, a heavy element of alternative. Like I hate to use the word folk rock because it sounds, I don't know, somehow old fashioned or. Uh, but there's yeah. I can't think of what other like when Dylan plugged in. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of what other term to use to describe it, so right. I use that, but it's it's definitely got more of an edge to it than, uh, you know, it's not John Denver. Yeah, but you hit the dirty on the on the guitar pedal a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. a little distortion there. For sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. All right. Um, so they got that to look forward to. And that one's available online? Uh, it used to be. Uh, I'll have to make sure that they still uh, that you can still get it. It's probably online, but if you clicked on it, it would probably say this is temporarily un- unavailable. But because oh, I haven't maintained my uh, vendor <laughs> status, let's fix that, man. Yeah, I need to do that. All right. So, that 2012 second album, and and how how did that do? Did you give that away, or were you selling it at at, at your merch table? Oh, uh, well, this is 2012. Honestly. 12, 2012. Uh, yeah, I sold a few. I've sold a few of them here and there. Uh, I mean, the band I was in, we did a lot of cover stuff in addition to doing my. Original what was the name stuff. of that band? We were called the Carney Barkers. The Carney Barkers. Who yeah. came up with that name? And I was actually I, I came up with it, but uh, I was a one-time Carney Barker down in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, hot really? dogs, fresh and hot. Good to fill your hungry spot. You I know, could, I can yeah. see that. You're yelling it knack, out. You got the knack for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, carnival barking. Yes, uh, you do that in in uh, college when they were doing charity work. That was one of them yeah. at Broward College in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> ah, giving me a uh, uh, reminiscence of my glory days. You're a South Florida boy. Uh, moved to Arkansas, just like me, man. I like it. <laughs> so. Uh, 2012. You're playing. You're playing on the streets. You're, you got your band, Carney Barkers. How many pieces? And oh, we were uh, we were a four piece again. Uh, we had uh, there's a local musician. Her name is Judy Warner, and she plays keys and also uh, fiddle. Actually, wow. My album was not fiddle oriented, but uh, we got together and decided to try to just sort of make it mesh and. Uh, it, developed parts for the original songs and then also did a lot of rock music and developed kind of parts that would work for her instruments that weren't originally in the songs uh and then we were a four-piece band we had david flake uh playing the drums for us and a guy named guy king was playing bass yeah and uh we mostly played around little rock and just sort of I guess our biggest thing we did, we played uh, uh, like an afternoon show at uh, Riverfest one time on the big stage. You yeah. know, that was fun, man. As a listener, and when I go to a shows, when I, when I do get the chance to get out and support my local artists, uh, local musicians, uh, 
I do like it when you throw a curveball. I go to a show and, oh, I'm going to go see a rock show. And all of a sudden, bam, there's a saxophone. What? What? Bam, there's a fiddle. Where did that come from? I wasn't expecting to hear that. I was expecting to hear uh, a hair band cover band, you know, or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, you throw out a fiddle and people are like, whoa, you blow minds, man. Mm-hmm. And you give them a little extra, that little extra bump. So you bet your songs to fit that musician's talents and yeah. that's great that's great I, i'm so jealous of musicians i have three guitars i could play three chords at at most nothing well, i could ever take on stage that's, like you that's pretty good actually so. yay I, I was learning from a jazz a doctor down in in the in uh, miami who, who played in that band uh Oh my gosh, Weinstein, Doctor Weinstein. Was he a an orthodontist? No, he's okay. a, a emergency room doctor, okay. and I worked in the emergency room with him. Okay. And he would teach me. He says, uh, "Oh, one time we had, uh, oh my goodness, the Blues Brothers guitarist uh, uh, Matt Guitar Murphy. Wow, he was he was one of our patients, and he, Doctor Weinstein, went right to him. You know, mm-hmm. he says, "I'm a blues guitarist myself." You're not a blues guitarist. You're a jazz guitarist. <laughs> but, but it was funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Matt Guitar Murphy showed up. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was fun. So, but, but you you've uh, you've studied jazz guitar. You've studied other types of guitar, and that has shaped your musical influences, man. And and it all shows in your record. So, record number two. Where do you go from here? You're, you're playing that that album. You got it on, on the merch table. Mm-hmm. It's selling pretty good. Uh, where you're playing in Little Rock primarily? Yeah. Have you gone anyplace else outside? Uh, well, you know, just sort of regionally, occasionally a, a show outside, but not like a tour or anything. Yeah, I mean, I always had a job, so right, uh, which is right. probably a good thing. <laughs> well, no, you got to give up a lot if you want to be a tour- touring musician. That's true. Yes, the chance is that you could make uh, a bunch of money. But right. you got to give up a family. You got to give up a regular job. You got to give up a lot of things to be a touring musician. For sure, and that's something that you didn't want to do. You're you're cool with playing here in town. Yeah, and my my interest was more really towards writing and recording. I mean, since I got that original four track recorder when I was 19, till till now I've continually upgraded my knowledge and equipment for recording so i've always been interested in that too that's that was always my primary focus more so than live performance i would say over the years um although i've been a bunch of bands and most recently i've been in one up up until about a month ago and now i'm starting a new one but uh okay so carney barkers was up until when uh that ended probably let's see six six years ago maybe six years ago all right and sort people of. just go their separate ways yeah we just decided yeah we just decided uh to try try other things and uh and then, what other things did you do well i was uh going out to open mics and stuff and uh met a guy uh, bud jones is his name he goes by on stage anyway and uh ended up I I was I learned to play the bass basically because I do home recording and I needed bass on my my tracks and I I always really liked laying down the bass part and coming up with the bass part for my my own stuff and I had a bass and uh, he was looking for a bass player so uh, we we ended up playing together for about three years and uh, you know playing all around uh, Central Arkansas you know other places Hot Springs Batesville 
whatever, a lot in Little Rock and North Little Rock. Uh, and up until, you know, a couple of months ago, I was doing that uh, and then just writing my own stuff on the side. And we we did some of my stuff and some of his original stuff, too. That's cool. Um, Bud Jones, big name in town. Yeah. He, you know, he's, he plays a lot, a, a, a lot all over town. <laughs> uh, Casey Spar's wandering through. What was the little secret? Uh, she was correcting me on uh, how long I played with him. She said it was five years. I think it was four years. But uh, Listen to the woman. She's always right. Yeah. <laughs> if women don't think they rule the world, they do. They can make us do whatever they want. That's <laughs> and true. that's that's just me. Uh, but I'm sure it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. All right. So, Danny Rains, man, you were playing with Bud Jones for five years <laughs> yeah I, I, and towards the end of the carney barkers i i put out another album that was a okay. 14 or f- i can't remember if it's 14 or 2015 yeah but you but, were playing with them on that album or another solo effort i had some uh, guest appearances mm-hmm. by some of the members but uh I, it was another solo project and we were doing some of those songs out live around uh, our gigging schedule um How's the reception on all these songs? Are people clapping and, uh, and learning them a little bit? Dead silence. Nothing but... No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, you know, uh, some of them uh, get great reception. One thing you learn as a musician that's performing live is some songs are listener track songs, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, album songs, and some are bar songs. And so, uh, you know, the stuff that's easy to digest i would say or digest isn't the right word but uh, to wrap your mind around and it's catchy uh definitely i i get i get a lot of compliments on my songwriting i mean i'll, I'll just say that but uh early on i did a lot of some of the more complicated stuff that should have been the more album tracks and uh you know I, it was a learning experience to figure out what i should do live and what i should uh w- wait for people to buy the cd for but no, yeah, I get a good good response. I mean, I still go right now. I've been going out to some open mics uh, that uh, Casey has just recently started hosting around town. She does uh, one at Markham Street Grill on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. and another one in North Little Rock uh, in the Argenta area at Four Quarter on on Mondays. And I've been going to a lot of those and doing a lot of my original stuff and uh, kind of getting back into performing that stuff out for a live audience and i've been getting a great response so well good all these years danny rains are you developing a a following or how the groupie situation are are people coming along and wearing your shirts and screaming along with you yay danny rains uh you know uh yeah i've got i've got a few fans i think Uh, i don't know if i would go as far as that but uh, i think i saw a cop kind of following me on the way home last night that might be a whole nother situation (laughs) No, it, it's nice, man. I, yeah. I, even me, you know, as, as old as I am, I'm I, DJing since 86, and i got people that follow me from city to city. I'll go to Little Rock and Conway and Russellville and, and Heber Springs, and it'll be the same couple guys. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. people are following me around. So people develop a relationship totally. with their artists, and you have some of that. And do you respond to... to emails and and facebooks and i, I do and, and 
you know, you, you, you develop a relationship. Now with social media, it's easier to keep in contact with your, your fans and get feedback right away. Uh, oh, what you think of that one? Oh, I thought it was great. Or, you know, the melody was kind of, you know, you know you got, you're going to have hater stuff. But uh, so, but do you respond to a lot of the, the tweets? Or? Oh, sure. If anybody, you know, contacts me, I'm more than happy to talk to them, uh, answer questions or whatever they want to talk about. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm very approachable. Very cool, Danny Rain. So, album one, album two, sitting there on your on your uh, couch arm. Album three, out there in space. I have some of those uh, somewhere. So, the, uh, with that one, what I ended up doing because I'm obsessed with tweaking my recordings. Please, is I had the album art printed on the CD, but I burned them myself as I went so that I could keep changing everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's George a, Lucas style yeah. on his Star Wars. Pro, yeah, Let's go back and good, redo this movie. It. Yeah. It's and, never and, finished, man. And, yeah, and people that already like the song, they're, they're usually like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, music, like and, music and movies are never finished. They're abandoned. So I probably really shouldn't do that on the next album. I've been, I've been debating whether I'm going to do that. But yeah, so basically I've got a few of those burned in the closet but I've got a bunch of blank ones I can always make more of them whenever I want to yeah. I even interchange the songs a little bit sometimes depending on if I'm going to an open mic because sometimes I'll take some and, and even sell some at an open mic and I'll I'll put more of the stuff that I like to play on the acoustic guitar solo on it you know it's it's kind of a cool a cool experiment to do it that way yeah, I mean, you can experiment on stage with what you want, but leave those tracks that you have laid All down right. alone. All you know, right. uh, you know, just uh, yeah. Hey, it's finished. It's finished. But I want. I might want to put Jar Jar Banks or the yeah. musical equipment. You, you might want to put another Bantha walking yeah. through. Yeah. No, stop, stop doing that. <laughs> it was it Han shot first. Okay, I said it. <laughs> so. All right, derailing the podcast, Danny <laughs> Rains, man. So here we um, let's let's go back. All right, you got your third album, and that was just after you uh, your your time with uh, Carney uh, Screamer, Barkers. Carney Barkers, and then you went to Bud Jones. Uh, any any music you put together with Bud Jones? I mean, you were writing your own stuff, and he was learning it with you, and you were playing it live. Did you lay any yeah. tracks with Bud Jones? Uh, he does uh, make an appearance on at least one track on this this album that I'm just finishing up. Excellent. So this thing's been going on for probably uh, at least four years. The the recording of this new album, uh, and so actually there's quite a few guest artists on it. And there were on the one right before that, the the last one with, when I was in the Carney Barkers. How many tracks on this one? I believe I got twelve tracks on it. So I, I had a couple. I ended up nixing talking about do i have a genre that i stick to or do i pass through all kinds of genres right i've tried to limit the scope of the album somewhat so actually most recently uh a couple of the songs i've written have been kind of hip-hop songs ah which is totally totally outside of anything else that i do yeah and they they came out really well and, and a lot of people are really pleasantly surprised when they hear them and they and they get a great response but uh those aren't going to be on the album. Do a little spoken word in there, a little. little oh rapping. yeah, no, I'm full on rapping. Full and, on uh, rapping. Yeah, uh, I like it. Uh, and then uh, I also had a Christmas song, which is kind of a novelty Christmas song that gets a great response around the holidays at open mics. But I left that off because 
I don't know. You can't really have a Christmas song on an album unless it's a holiday album, I feel like. You know, know. that's called bonus track. That's true. Yeah. And and the other thing, I've been talking to a lot of these younger musicians. There are no albums anymore. It's all tracks. Yeah. You just put a track out. You finish this little track, you put it on your Apple or your Spotify, you you know, and you just go track by track. You can go that way. Now, you do have those two or how many hip-hop songs, two or three? I got two, and then one that was in the making that I never finished. See? Now, those two, you can release those as little singles out there. Put them out in the world. Hey, maybe you sell one, maybe you sell 50,000. You know, but uh, people need to hear that stuff. You've, you've developed like an alternate uh, ego or something, whatever. You could be the Chris Ra- Chris Rains of you. Wasn't there? Didn't Garth Brooks Garth do Brooks, that? Chris for Rains. Yeah. Was it was, Chris was, Rains. It was it Rains or was it Rains? Chris Rains. Yeah, I thought it was. Chris something. Yeah, ah, I thought because my name's Rains. So I know I your name Rains. is Rains. You should remember that. But okay, that's a more. You fuzzy might be facts. right. I mean. Uh, my memory <laughs> talking good. to danny reigns but uh yeah alter ego man could be your yeah, could be your totally. guy man but don't do that just be danny reigns singing this stuff because right. taylor swift she'll sing anything kenny rogers sings anything man anything so uh yeah be versatile don't limit yourself i like that so yeah if you've gone through the trouble of creating this music laying it down mixing it are you doing everything by yourself or do you have somebody that helps you produce uh you know friends and uh, other musicians who have good ears for music Mm. give me advice uh one thing that happens is when you're doing that kind of a project by yourself or most of it by yourself is you get kind of fatigued and you almost can't really hear what you're doing anymore so putting fresh ears on it of a friend or something can be right a big help and so i take a lot of advice from other people but uh, i do the uh recording and mixing and mastering primarily myself wow what does that entail okay i've heard of mixing and mastering mm-hmm. and I, i've dabbled a little bit in it what is mixing and mastering if you can go through that okay um well, it's very it's a very obsessive uh, kind of a, uh, activity. Mm-hmm. All of it really is. So you got to be an attention uh, or a attention to detail oriented kind of person to to have an interest in it. I would say, but uh, basically, you think of mixing as like you've already recorded all the different instruments and voices and so forth, and you're setting the volume levels so it sounds like a good mix of the band. Or like what a band should sound like. And then you're also adding little uh, nuances like effects to it to make it meld together and also to just create uh, interest in this, the sound of it. So you're, that's the mixing part. Yeah, you're it, EQing everything. The, the different instruments and, and sounds. Yeah, and adding effects. Now when you get all that done and you like the way it sounds, if you compared it to something that was on the radio, the radio track would be just so head and shoulders louder because uh, basically what they do is they have a, a tool that's called compression where they take the high really loud stuff and the quiet stuff and they squash it all down to where it's all sort of closer to in the same volume range and then that enables them to turn up the overall track and that's a lot of what you're doing when you're mastering Okay, that's the part I do with the podcast. I do have Adobe Audition, and there is even a button that takes the top part down minus one, and then it brings everything back up, you know, Mm -hmm. to the peak. 
and makes everything level. Yes, and that's what you're doing with mastering. That's so a big that's part of mastering. It, yeah. Yeah. I'm learning stuff. I'm learning that I've been doing this, but only with vocals. I really don't do it with music, but it has to be a whole other animal mixing all these different pieces of... Because, of, all right, I've heard, and this is uh, other people, that you have to have a producer, somebody with a different ear, because if it's mixed by the guitarist, what are you going to hear? All guitar. guitar. Right. If it's mixed by the drummer, boom, boom, boom. Where's the guitar? Where's the vocals? Yeah. So you have to have a discerning ear, somebody who's in indiscriminate. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally, uh, in theory, I agree with that, but I, I hope that I've reined myself in enough <laughs> that I'm able to mix something uh, with an ear towards... Uh, making something balanced that people would want to listen to instead of just boosting. I mean, it, it really, it, it makes sense because if you played almost all the parts anyway, it, you can't boost them all, right? So, yes. <laughs> he reined himself in. That's that, works. that might have been a pun, Danny Reigns. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. What were the, uh, what were the names you, you got uh, punned on your name uh, growing up? Danny Reigns. Uh, I remember one guy used to... He was uh, he was trying to make fun of me, and he would say, "Danny rains a lot," and that's really the only one that I really remember. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't any really good ones. There weren't any zingers. Good one, pal. Yeah, I was just always <laughs> like, what? I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, yeah, Dan the man. I, I got that response. my whole life. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan the man for sure. So we got two Dan's on a couch just talking. Yeah. All right, and as all right, we've, we've gotten right to here, and you're doing open mics. Are you are you getting any? Any gigs that you know that fifty thousand fans or sit, uh, go into the? I guess it's now it's not the Verizon Arena; it's the Simmons Bank Arena. Eighteen thousand of your closest fans. Are you open to playing, headlining there? That's a long-term goal, but uh, you know you add them one one at a time. I think you yes. just got to get out there and play your stuff for uh, anybody that wants to hear music, and uh, hopefully wow them with what you got if you've been if you're doing it right and. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, like I said, we're putting together a band. We're still deciding on a name. We've been at it for about six or eight weeks now, I think, rehearsing. What are the names? Uh, what do you got in the, in, in the hat? Uh, okay, well, let's see. This one, uh, it's already been nixed. So <laughs> I always thought it would be uh, The Dirty Moves. <laughs> okay. All right. Put that in the Wu-Tang uh, gang. Uh, what is it? The Wu-Tang rapper generator? To get your name? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I need to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, we toyed around with... Well, Casey's had a name for a while, which uh-huh. is Chaining Jaded. Oh, see? That one needs to come back, man. Yeah, that is a good name. That's and it's out name. there already. She's already got all the social media marketed out there. Hey, now, whose side are you on? <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm saying. It's it. out there. I agree with you. It's a good name. Yeah. But we're still toying with it. Uh, we came, I came up with an idea earlier. Uh, so who's, in the, who's in the band that you're putting together so well, far? Well, uh, a guy I just met recently. Um, I can't even think of his last name right now. I, his first name is Mac. What is it? Myers. Byer. Byer. Right. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, Matt no. Byer. New relationship. Sounds good. What yeah. is he playing? Uh, he's playing guitar, and uh, I'm actually I'm playing bass in this one, too, because oh. uh, I still love playing the bass. Yes. And, uh, I've gotten better at it over the years. And do you have a good bass face? I like to think that I do. I don't... 
I don't really know. I never really look in the mirror, but I think that's part of being a bass yeah, player. Exactly. If you look in a mirror you're too much, you're probably not a bass player. But uh, you got to come up with that that style, the bassist, man. I watch bassists a lot of times, man. I'm up yeah. there, and they're just making put their tongues out and putting, <laughs> bugging their eyes out and really getting into it, man. Well, maybe I need to up my game a little. Do bit, it, it, do it. Like, oh, it's uh, <laughs> excellent. Hey, Flea and and Sting, you know, good bass players. Yeah, with a uh, stage presence. I've been thinking about wearing a diaper. Remember, do it. Did that do it. Just time. socks. I mean, just yeah. a sock just would be sock. good. Yeah. yeah, that'd be the that'd be the adults only show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, or who's who's uh, besides Matt Byer? Uh, we got a guy that uh, did some playing with me in the last band, the Bud Jones band. Uh, Donnie Ramsey. He's a great drummer. Drummer, local okay. guy, and uh, and then Casey and me. Okay. Yeah, we're doing the singing, and uh, she's probably going to do a little guitar playing. Max, a great guitar player, and knows just he's pretty much got a whatever a uh, photographic memory for your ear would be. Yeah, playing that. by ear. He, I have uh, a cousin Timmy. He just hears something. But oh man, how did you do that, Timmy? Wow. He did it. Well, I think Mac is probably one of those kind of guys because he seems to know like every classic song i mean he's just mentioned one and he starts playing the and i don't mean one riff he like plays like the whole song wow so uh he's been great we've been adding a lot of material and so we're basically trying to learn like 15 or 20 cover songs right at the same time right now which is challenging that gives you an hour of music about 15 yeah. songs an hour and as soon as we get uh, something we we feel like is a uh, long enough and presentable enough we're gonna be out playing somewhere do it man whoever will put us up there and we're gonna definitely do some uh, a lot of original music in the band eventually when we uh start really fleshing out the uh material we're gonna do and casey's got a lot of great songs and we're gonna do a lot of my songs and so uh, where, where can we find a danny rains and a and a casey sparks for that matter mondays and thursdays you already mentioned mondays where um, the Mondays are in North Little Rock at the Four Quarter, which is a great venue. I don't know if you've never been there, you check it out. Uh, yeah. they got a great stage, and um, it's just a cool, cool place to play if you're a musician. Come check out the open mic or just come listen. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Markham Street Grill, which is just down the road from where we are right now um, on Markham Street here in Little Rock. And... Uh, that's, that's been going sweet, great, man. Been getting now, a lot of people I, out. I, I did get Casey Sparks on the podcast about ooh, eight months ago, something like that, and she was uh, was single. But ever since then, it, it has changed a, a smidge, man. So, so you found each other, and did, did you guys get married? Is that what happened? No, no, we're not uh, married, but uh, you know, hey. It's, Easy, pal. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm jumping the gun here. All right. Well, I I look forward to to hearing uh, it when the when they're coming. It, it, are we heading down that path? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I know. Don't push it, man. Don't push it. <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's nice that you found each other and you have like minded and and like interests. You've made a nice home here mm-hmm. in Little Rock. This is sweet. It smells good. It looks good. Well, thank you. I'm excited for you, man. You got a good life here. And what do you see uh, besides playing for eighteen thousand or or more fans? Where do you see yourself in the next few years? Um. Well, I hope always because this is really my 
favorite thing to do is to write more songs and record more music and keep doing what I'm doing, honestly. Yeah. Like you said, it's a good life, and uh, I agree. Uh, so, How many songs do you think you have in your repertoire? Um uh, I had a, a running tally of them, and then my computer got hacked, and I lost the file. But ah. uh, and these are only songs that I would consider playing for somebody at right, this point, because right. you know if you're writing songs for as long as I I have, you've got some stinkers that you remember having written, but you don't you would never p- perform them out in public. So I think I had I was up around eighty five songs at the 85, last five man. That's hours and hours of music. That's yeah. six hours of music or more. I could bore people to sleep if I wanted to. No, 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 man. That means you could change it up. If you do three shows in a row, it won't be the same show because you have that that versatility. Definitely, I've got fantastic. I've got some deep some deep wells to uh, choose songs from at this point. Yeah, where do the people find you online? Well, I've got a Reverb Nation account. Of course, I'm on Facebook, um, and let's see i've got a soundcloud there's a lot of my music on soundcloud yeah uh spell danny rains is it all under danny rains uh yeah i think it all is yeah d-a-n-n-y-r-a-i-n-s just like the weather wow okay yeah everybody wants to put an e in it but uh, yes i i I was going that way myself in my head yeah, yeah All right, man. Now that people know where to find you, I'll definitely put those links in the show notes. Let people know how to get a hold of Danny Rains and what kind of uh, events are you up for. I mean, if people want to hire you out for for what? Weddings, bar mitzvahs? Tap dancing, anything. Tap dance. You'll even learn that, too. Make balloon animals. I I won't learn it, but I'll do it. But you'll do it. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) All right. As we're rounding this out, man, any last words for the people, Danny Rains? Stay cool, guys. Well, there you have it, party people, Danny Rains. And then we had a little surprise guest star, Casey Sparks. Yes, they're hanging together. They're in a couple situation. I like it. I like it when people find each other, especially these two. They got uh, like interest. interest. They both like to, to make the music, write the songs that make the whole world sing. And after the podcast, they did uh, take me to their little art studio. They have a an art studio right there in their home. And then they got the, the, uh, pot, the, uh, uh, recording studio as well, where, where Danny and Casey make the magic on the music side. Yeah. And then Danny rains, he treated me to a performance of one of his original songs. Yes. Just for me. That's right. And you didn't get to hear it. So nah, 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 nah. If you want to hear Danny Rains, I encourage you to follow him on social media and find him on the SoundCloud and Spotify and all those cool places. But more uh, more than that, go if you're in the Little Rock, Arkansas area, I encourage you to go see a show. Support your local musicians. Support local artists. Uh, the way you support them is by going to the shows. Not just that. I mean, you buy some food at their venues or, or go to the merch table and buy yourself a cd or or a t-shirt you know show off to people that you were at the danny rain show yeah you were there you saw it all you synced it 
Thank you so much, Danny Rains, for being on the program, What Makes You Famous. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag, What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes if you're going through hell keep going winston churchill the music you want radio what dot com hey keys dan what you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day. Click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com. <laughs>